Welcome to the Kyle Everest Podcast, Episode 3 with George Sandoval. How are you doing, George? What up, dog? It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. It's been a uh, heck of a day. Um, before we kind of go in, we're kind of just like we kind of just want to start with a reflection or a thought, something that kind of sparked our interest uh, today. And for me, it would be pretty basic. My thought of the day is just kind of remain humble. And this kind of stumbled upon me when I was on my way to work today, actually. Today was supposed to be my day off, but I got called in to work to uh, go to another store and kind of help out. And in the moment, I was just like, man, like, I just want to chill. I just want to stay home. Like, I, I knew George and I were going to be potting later. I knew um, my wife was going to be home at a certain time so I can hang out with her before everything kind of went down. But as I got to work, I kind of just realized, I'm just like, man, like, your head can go so many places and your head can just be in such and in, in more of like a, a negative way. And more of the story before I kind of just kind of go everywhere is just be humble. Just remember and just be very fortunate of what you have. Like easily, I could be in a situation where I don't have a manager calling me on my day off, looking out for me because uh, he knows he, he wants best for me, one. But two, he knows that I want extra hours. Um, same thing. I, I was driving. I'm like, man, I can't stand this traffic. I can't stand all these stupid Florida drivers. And if you live in Florida, you know what I'm talking about. Just very indecisive people. They don't use their blinker, etc. And once again, like I have a vehicle. I own a vehicle. There, there's a lot of people out there that, that they just don't have that stuff. So moral of the story, guys, if you're listening, just take a moment, be humble, look around, look at the friends you have. Look at the material items that you have and just really never take anything for granted. But yeah, that's that's just kind of my thought of the day. And I think these are just going to be super dope just because I feel like a lot of you um, and even George, we we can go in day in and day out and say, man, this sucks, man. I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with this. But, but at the end of the day, man, like we are truly blessed. And I know if you're listening, you are in a very blessed situation. Or if you're listening, you may be in a situation Words not in your favor, but moral of the story, man, like it could be 20 times worse. So, yeah, but you said you're doing good. How was your day? Yeah, well, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I was like just kind of reflecting on your thoughts, <laughs> your reflections, kind of like your reflection of the day or your thought of the day. My thing is, man, um, I really, you know, you know this, I don't really like my job. I'm not really fond of my job yeah. um, at all, but it gets my bills paid. So, yes, sir. I go in, do my hours, my time, and then I go home. So um, although I'm doing something I don't like, um, maybe someone that could be listening to this podcast would be like, well, if you don't really like what you're doing, then leave. I wish I had that option. But um, I'm grateful I still have a job and I'm employed and I have something paying my Amen. bills. Um, and I have at least something close between 35 to 40 hours, like guaranteed every week. So yes, sir. trying to stay grateful in the middle of something I may not like. Um trying to keep stay optimistic about something I don't like, but also staying disciplined in something I don't like. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest kind of, kind of like when it comes to reflecting is like keep working your ass off so that way you can get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, like if you can really thrive in something you may not like so much, you'll be able to thrive in environments that you do like very much. Yeah. So, um, which can be a good and bad thing. Cause if you love what you do, you'll never stop working. But if you hate what you do, like you'll want to stop working and you're, you're just going to dread it. Yeah, you're going to dread it. So um, 
so yeah, man. So just kind of staying grateful that I actually have a job that I'm employed at. Um, you know, my, my manager, she's dope. She's really good people. Um, you know, I have, I have a good environment of people that I work with, but the task itself is not something I'm fond of, Yeah, but it helps make the task a little easier to bear. So just staying grateful that I have a job, um, that I have something like reliable, something good. Um, in the meantime of what, when I try to be able to go ahead and go in a different direction with, with my life and with whatever career I go through. So staying grateful, man, staying grateful and trying to stay humble um in what i do and where i'm at so and by the way like it's literally okay to have days where you feel like life sucks like we're not saying you have to be happy 24 7 we're just saying like there are certain situations where you just gotta take back and assess your situation and kind of think of it in a different perspective from somebody just because i do know and I, i have family i have friends who are just barely getting by um and you just have to be grateful in the situation you're in but thank you for listening if this is your first time listening welcome to the pod if this is your second or third time etc we're glad to have you here back and we hope um you're enjoying this content and i hope you will continue to keep listening as our content gets uh a little better but most importantly our audience kind of expands but i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna ride shoddy today uh my counterpart george is kind of gonna guide us and lead us into the discussion so george let's let's get it yeah man well, it's, dude, it's listen, man. I'm glad we're actually doing this pod today, man. I was like, I think we both had pretty long days. Yeah. Um, like, if anyone knows, like, we're literally recording this podcast literally at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. which is which I find dope because it's something a commitment that we've had. So, like, we were gonna do this today. So, I'm, I'm he, yeah, yeah. Really Backstory: He got off at 5:30. I was off yeah. all day, and literally, I was in our heads. We were thinking. Six six o'clock, six thirty, like we'll be done by yeah. eight or nine, let's call it a day. But you know, life hits like yeah. life life has an audible. I was fortunate enough to get a few extra hours in and George was fortunate enough to kinda understand my situation, kinda re reinvent his plans for the night. But at the end of the at the end of the day, man, we're here. Yeah, no, it was actually dope, man. It like it kept me busy, so that's what I, that's what I love doing. Like business can be good, but literally about to pull a Jocko today. Like <laughs> go to bed late and then like wake up. We'll still wake up early. Cause I still want to be in my routine. Like, like, you know, get up early to, yes, to work out. So, um, so, I mean, there's like a couple of things of course that we want to, that we want to address and kind of talk about. Like, I think like, you know, kind of like the latest thing that we've seen today was like um, the Houston Astros. If anyone follows sports, they have like their punishment was trash to be honest. If you think about it, all they had was their GM and their GM and actual manager suspended for a full year and then still get fired anyway um a lot of people think it was just a slap on the wrist that's what it really was like they lost a couple of draft picks which in baseball it's like all right they're just draft picks because like you could you know you could pick up like really like trash players and then they can end up being like the top prospect in the league in the minors but that was actually like just a slap on the wrist because it was trash how about you inform our viewers like what we're talking about yeah so yeah like when uh so houston astros um of course the baseball team um, they were caught stealing signs, like in like, like in game and in season. Yeah, in game and in season, installing technology um, where they can literally see and study signs and steal them from their opponent to be able to get ahead in the game. And of course, with signs in baseball, if you don't know, it helps like you know with you know when players are going to steal bases, what pitch a pitcher could be throwing, um, you know whether to swing at the next pitch or not, um, giving out calls, things of that nature. So. You know, this is important. This is how you communicate throughout the game. It's not just like a little like, oh, 
we picked up what they were doing. No, they were actually like being very rowdy in, in the dugouts, like like picking up signs, doing like literally doing the most. Like they literally got caught handed. Like there were emails that were exploited. There were um, there were emails exploited. There was like technology exploited. Like there was um, a manager that used to work for the Astros that went later on. It's like the Boston Red Sox, which the Boston Red Sox manager also got. They mutually parted ways and quote. Okay, um, they fired him. They, yeah, they fired him because they're also going to be investigated. So it's just kind of trash because like this one, like, you know, with the Astros being in the American League, the Yankees could have been in the World Series. Plus, if you haven't been accustomed to baseball, Astros did cheat, but they were a very fun team to watch. Facts, like, they're, they're, they're very talented. Their very players good. would literally hit three home runs in the game, steal quadruple amount of bases. They they were like they were they were literally October. They yeah. were October basically. They were. Uh, what's their shortstop name? He's like the Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve, uh, Carlos Correa. Um, their bullpen was stacked with Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke. Like their Crazy, whole team bro. is literally stacked. They have a bunch of talent. So, but it just sucks because you can have talent but have like horrible integrity for the game. So when it kind of comes down to it, it's like, all right, now it's just the Astros. Like I, everything I, they built, kind of like, like their trophy, like the world. The empire they built was based off the of cheating. Yeah, like so, it's kind of like, all right, you guys aren't even allegedly. Team. Sorry, like they they caught one piece, and obviously investigation will go forward. But I'm a Cardinals fan, so yeah, I'm, I'm a Yankee I'm, fan. So I'm already I'm in the I'm already in the in left field saying you guys cheated. I want your World Series ring and your banner to be stripped but yeah we'll see what the mlb does yeah and i mean like even think about the dodgers fans man the one game yeah. that, like the game that went to seven games two years in a row the dodgers got sent by the astros and it's like what like yeah. like give that world series ring like trophy to like the dodgers by default yeah so that way like the kershaw era ends like like at least his like he can, retire, he can happy. retire like happy as a champion by default which would still kind of like suck but hey you're a champion yeah but, yeah, I mean, the Astros um, are cheaters. Um, I don't think that stigma will come off of them anytime soon at all. I think their punishment should be more severe, um, such as, like, them being stripped of their World Series title, something that actually hurts. Um, but we'll see if that actually comes around because a lot of, like, owners, they said in the report, were, you know, a lot of managers were not happy with the end result yeah. of, like, that. Because it was just slap on the wrist. It's, like, it's not much. It's crazy. My parents always say like cheaters in the moment will get away with it but in the long run we'll get caught and this is just a classic case of them going a few seasons thinking they can finesse the game thinking they can find loopholes to uh just destroy the rest of the league which they did i mean their record the past four years have been out of this world but yeah essentially they got caught but most importantly i think this is just the beginning and i'm sure there's a lot of franchises out there in a lot of sports either going to get rid of some people and start uh, cutting papers, cutting some, some crazy things just because this is just, I, I personally think this is just a brink of the air where we figure out, Hey, who are these honest franchises or who are these franchises who are stacked in the first place? Yeah. But they still continue to cheat. So this is just the beginning. So, yeah. And so, and as a Yankee fan, I'm also really stoked that the Red Sox are going to be under investigation, yes, sir. which is going to be amazing. Um, but I think like out of this, I think this is going to be good for baseball too, because now the actual competitiveness of the game, I think will take it to another level to avoid cheating. So I think like this scandal of the Astros, like 
Um, being caught cheating will do good for baseball because baseball has been very boring and very irrelevant. Baseball has been very boring until the playoffs. Yeah, like until until October hits, the playoffs are like, you know, the regular season is complete trash. Yeah. They've kept the game very traditional. There have been zero to little changes since the 90s. Um, and back in the 90s when like baseball is actually really fun where people or players where rivalries were actual rivalries. Well, when fights were fights, like, like I mean, seeing like the Yankees and the Red Sox throughout like the late '90s, early 2000s, so much fun. Um, but I think it'll do good for baseball here long term. But yeah, I mean, if you're an Houston Astros fan, I mean, you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, you, like you guys are cheaters, um, and you guys choke. Yeah, every, every single one of your teams they choke in the playoffs. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, including James Harden. But I mean, we're not going to get into that ourselves at this moment in time. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and, and anyone can come see me. Um, and like I choose Luka Doncic over James Harden all day. Yeah, Luka's my guy. Yeah, Luka Luka's goat. And you could be like, oh, they're after the same stats, but I mean, that's no like we can get, definitely get into that at another moment in time. Um, but an- another fun thing though right now is Antonio Brown. AB. <laughs> they're AB. seriously wrong with something wrong with AB. Now, I'm I'm gonna keep this really short. This just proves to you that money. Destroys you. Money is the root of all evil. Um, little little backstory. Antonio Brown needs to play for the Steelers, uh, I believe, for about five seasons. Wasn't really happy with the movement of the Steelers. He won a minute, but hence the Steelers were kind of going for a younger route. Antonio Brown literally finessed his way out of the Steelers, got picked up by the Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders were A, already in a rebuilding mode, but B, had the most money in the league. Gave him X amount of money. He was chilling. Um, you can find him on social media. He's a big social media guy. Can't hate about that. Probably where he gets some of his income. But I believe like about three weeks before the season started, weird behavior, weird characteristics out of him. And he basically fought his way to New England. Well, I mean, he got himself out. Like, got gets to Oakland, Northern California. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Gets, yeah, gets to Oakland. Gets the max. Gets the max. Full, doesn't show up for training camp. Um, does something illegal in his contract, which basically he recorded a, a voice memo of him and uh, his head coach. The head coach or the franchise finds out, gives him another chance and says, hey, we forgive you. Here's another shot. And okay, literally 24 hours before the home opener, he's like, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. Yeah, I think it was like that Tuesday. If he stayed quiet till that Tuesday, he would have been guaranteed almost $30 million. Yeah. For the next, like, I think two years, I think. Or something no, he would have like had a huge check. Something like that. He would have had a huge check. Um, but, I mean, I don't I don't think Antonio Brown has been destroyed by money. I think it's exposing who he has, he has been for quite some time. Um, it just also comes to show that you could be the most talented individual, but if you, ha- if you lack character and integrity, you are not going to get any work. Like, your opportunities will sink. Like, if you... Like if your character is not aligned with the position of influence that you have, you will crumble. Um, and I think we're seeing that with our very own eyes. And, with and the most Brown. the most unfortunate thing is who who are his people surrounding him? Are and I mean I don't even have to ask that. I know He's the from Florida. I should I think that should explain. Yeah, why. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know the people who he's surrounded by, and just just really a lack of discipline, just a lack of self awareness. That's all I got to say. Just because I'm very very exhausted about talking to him, just because he was one of those players. I would. I'm not even a huge, uh, wasn't ever a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I would literally tune into their games just to watch him yeah. go off. No, he's 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 a hell of a wide receiver. I mean, 
Like there were times where I'd rather choose like out of talent wise, like over like over Odell Beckham, like, like an AJ over, Green. Like, yeah, like over any of these guys that like over Tyree Kill, like a lot of wideouts in the NFL. I want I like I like Antonio Brown. He's he's a hell of a talent. But I mean, like when it comes to bringing a guy into your locker room, into your organization, onto your team, like leadership, influence, chemistry, all of these things. If their character's not going to be intact, like I mean, they're going to be a cancer to the locker room. So it's just sad. Like if anyone saw recently, when it came to he went he did an Instagram live. Um, I think it was yesterday where um, he called the cops on his baby mama. You know, attempting to steal his Sales Bentley. Kids. Yeah, like Bentley with his kids in it, like yeah. whatever. Goes on Instagram Live, demoralizes his wife. Like, and let's kind of get the backstory. Like, the cop that was helping him in the moment was black. Yeah. Like, you can see in the Instagram Live video that it was black. And Antonio Brown was trying to um, dehumanize, put down, um, you know, make this into a racial thing when the cops were being very, very like reasonable, trying to get both sides of the story, working with his baby mama. And he takes everything to social media, uh, calling her names, like putting her down in front of his kids, too. It's like, it's nasty. That it's it, nasty. It, is, it is horrible. Um, no. And these are just things that you just don't do. You don't put you don't do that to the mother of your children. I think personally, as a man, if my dad tried coming at my mother like that, um, I would have an issue with it. Yeah. Like a very strong issue with it because, you know, like, yeah, she is another woman, but she does not deserve to be disrespected, uh, put down, spoken bad against um, to the woman that gave birth to your two children. Yeah. Like, you just don't do that. That's just flat out disrespectful. Um, and I've lost all respect for Antonio Brown, unfortunately. Like, when it comes to talent, like, I mean, like, I respect, but as a man, as a uh, 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 a man with influence and integrity, you don't do that in front of your children. You don't do that at all, period. And you don't do that on the face of uh, a platform that has so many people watching you. Of and course, yeah. Click, so. Of course. Um, yeah, it's nasty. It's yeah, disgusting. It's nasty. Like, he, he, he tried making the racing. The cops are being great. Like, I mean, like, you could see that the cops are trying Shout to, out to all the law enforcement. Yeah, like, like, I mean, like, there's good law enforcement and there's bad kind. And these cops are trying to do what they were supposed to, gather information from her. Um, and you see Antonio Brown just picking out a way at it and he kind of pulls out some vulgar candy, starts like throwing it and starts like saying like, you know, disrespecting his wife. And it's just kind of like, it, it's just sad to see like where this man has gotten to. Um, and it, it's also sad that he's, he, he puts himself in these positions for people to talk about. I think he's a great finester on the internet. I think he does a great job at trying to keep himself relevant. Yeah. Um, cause if not, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's 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 just sad, man. It's sad to see what a waste of talent that we're seeing like just deteriorate before our own eyes. Because I, as a personally, as an NFL owner who has millions and bit billions of dollars, I don't want to sign this guy. Yeah, because it's just going to be baggage that you're just bringing to your locker room. Yeah, baggage. And I'd rather take media talking, literally not even talking about like how good your team performed on the field, but more so, hey, you remember? Life off hey, you remember this guy did this like two seasons ago? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think and I think as a man, like I. You know, I've come to understand. I was like, "Whoa, I'd rather have an average man who works hard with his his character and integrity on, like, you know, intact, than have a really high talented man that's going to cause me headaches." I always say this: I would rather choose experience over talent. And a lot of people kill me for this, but experience comes from a athlete, a person who's been through good things, who's been through bad things, but at the at the end of the day, they can walk out of that scenario and be like, yo, I went through it, but I'm still the same person. 
And with talent, talent can go two ways. Talent can be like, this person knows they're good and they can go through a situation and go through multiple seasons in an athlete perspective and go through the motions and still come out okay. Or it could be a case like this where an individual knows they are good and they think they can get away with anything. So, oh, yeah, nice. man. Um, LSU won. LSU won last night. Joe Burrow. I will say this on here. I, I was wrong to a lot of people. I thought Clemson would win, but – and I kind of, and I want to apologize to Joe Burrows. I knew you were good. I did not know you were this good and this nasty. And I do hope um, you get the number one pick. Hopefully not to the Bengals, but that's what it's looking like. But yeah, bro, you're nasty, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how good he is. Well, I think there are also reports that if the Bengals choose Joe Burrow, Andy Dalton is being looked at by the Patriots. I don't know about that, but I, I, I think I saw something on Undisputed. I didn't get a chance to actually watch the video, but there were like conversations. I mean, Joe Burrow arguably probably the greatest college football player I think that we've been able to witness. No, like he's been 6, crazy. 6,000 yards that he threw for. And well, how many touchdowns was it? I, I, didn't Dude, I, I just know he threw like over five touchdowns against Oklahoma <laughs> Yeah, in the first half. Yeah. And I, I mean, like it was just good finally seeing, not finally not seeing Alabama in the college, like national championship game. Like it was so great because it was like, Oh, finally two other teams that are who can eight, showcase, their like you can showcase it. And it was great. It was seeing, two good quarterbacks go at it. Um, but I think Trevor Lawrence will come back next year and actually redeem himself, which will be fun to see because he's, like be, he's projected to be the, uh, the number one overall pick next year. Yeah. But Joe Burrow, go get his bag and then go get your dog. bag. I just hope, I hope it just translates well, honestly. I, I really do hope because there's a lot of hype quarterbacks that we've seen come out of college that don't do well. Yeah. But I hope like he – He can break the position. curse. Yeah, I hope he, he gets into a position where he actually can have a breakout – season and year uh the last quarterback that i knew that was still raw out of college was cam noon that's just everyone all the sports yeah. out there that's just my like kind of like my opinion quarterback coming out of college like quarterback coming out of college yeah. and what i think he lost his first season no lost his first wasn't really good on carolina his first season but literally like turned up the next two and lost to the super bowl but he's yeah. never been the same since yeah, he hasn't been the same because he's he's like the man's made out of glass love him probably one of my favorite quarterbacks i've been able to see in college because uh, he was a beast, like like mobile quarterback, like could truck a linebacker if he needed to, which was great. But I, yeah, Joe Burrow is probably the most hyped quarterback I think since Cam Newton, actually, honestly. Yes, sir. Well, Johnny Manziel was pretty hyped too. Yeah, but definitely not. I, I, I think I, I think Cam Newton is probably the more hyped quarterback in college. And I was in high school still at the time, which is why. Yeah, I was still in high school too when when Cam came out. Yeah. Um. Life is good. What do you think of the uh, the Drizzy and uh, Hendricks track? Dude, I love it, bro. Like, I was listening to it earlier. I like the music video a lot, too. But I think, and this is me, man. I really thought this this record was a Drake prod, like Drake record, that he just gave to Future, and Future took like did what he wanted with it. Because the first half of the beat, I'm like, okay, this sounds like something Drake would spit on, like, on an album. And then it was like, then this beat switch up, and you hear Future. I was like... I like this future. This is like a happy future. Drake always carries future. That's just my opinion. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if it, if it has Drake on it and then future, I'm more excited for Drake's half. But this this like life is good record. Like this is the kind of future I want to see like consistently on projects. Because like the last few stuff, like it's all dark, and we enjoy like this dark version of future. It's sad because like he's always like 
you know, either ODing or um, not ODing, I don't think he's had that, but he's always like consumed by drugs and it's sad. But like hearing future like rap like this have this flow, um, the record sounds very upbeat and I'm like, this is the future I like long to have consistently because I didn't like his last few projects at all. Yeah. Yeah. Future's, future's been going through whatever he's been going through. And I personally just think your experience translate into your music. Yeah. But yeah, I hope this is kind of just a turning page and shout out to Oz. Oz is a producer that's been smashing it lately. He did Travis his highest in the room. He helped Trav on sicko mode. Yeah. Oz is probably one of the next producers up. I, for all my produ- producing head, shout out to Eddie Cruz. But hey, oh, Eddie's the homie. Eddie is a slept on secret, and he keeps it low key too. Though, like, like if there's just a way that I could just like send all of his work to like everyone, the man is like hella dope. You could you could find him on Twitch too. Like, I mean, the, the dude's either playing <laughs> video games at work or like making beats, but like on the low, like you would never think this man makes beats. Yeah, um, we need you on here, you Cruz, but. Um, last thing, Roddy Rich, the box beat yummy. How do you, how do you feel about that? I love Roddy Rich, by the way. Yeah. Roddy. Yeah. The homeboy is, is fun, but that eat or like that's like, I don't care, but that, that's just dumb fire. Like it's like kind of like the simplest thing, but the man made a, made a bop. And I think in, 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 uh, the box has been out longer than yummy. Oh yeah, but like way longer. It's, I think it's. it's I think it's like, just big. I think the reason why people are putting so much hype around it is because Justin Bieber is known, or has been around way more. And I think any artist at his caliber, even after a four or five year hiatus, you expect when they drop something, it shoot all the way up. But it's cool to see a kid um, around our age uh, with not as much. Um, not as much. What's the word am I looking for? Help me out. Advertisement and promotion. Like and marketing and stuff. Correct. Yeah, marketing, that's the word. And for him to, uh, A, stay in the top five for that long, but um, literally beat a, a megastar. And Roddy, I think you're already, you're going to be a megastar one of these days. Like when you keep putting out yeah. music. I mean, the first time like I heard that. the box was New Year's Eve, not the New Year's Eve. Yeah, no, his place. album was slept on. His yeah, album was, was like, super slept on. Okay, yeah, I like I like I like it. Like I haven't been really paying much attention to like these new artists or like anything like that, just because I, I like what I like. Like I'll stay consistent to what yeah. I listen to. Um, but it's but dope. Was good like, for him. Yeah, Eddie was like, bro, listen, listen to this, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is hard, bro. Like anybody could have made this record. Like the flow, the beat, like everything that was done on it. I think it's just a bop. Uh, but it, yeah, it's cool to see like this new and up up and coming like beat beat a bet. Yeah, it's like, it's it's a it's an underdog story. Like a lot yeah. of people, you can hate and say, and I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Bieber fan. I love him, but to be quite fair, I would rather listen to the box over Yummy. Yeah, which but they're also two different vibes. Correct. Like, but long story short, it's a Cinderella story. You you'd like to see a new yeah. kid in town. Yeah, no, kind of just beat out a bet. But I would I would definitely listen to like the box like while working out. Yeah, Yummy's like, dang, I'm really feeling somebody. Like, let let me just let me being goofy. Yeah, like let me just yeah. It's it's like it's like a like like a nice goofy song that you could just have around at the crib and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we can't like you know, yeah. I mean, you also got to put. I think I think we could also debate this at some other time, but this good news record by Mac Miller was also just a very smooth vibe. 
It, yeah, it was. Rest in peace, Mac. Yeah, like rest in peace, Mac. And we can definitely talk about this, of course, like another time. I think we have like our, our own thoughts and opinions on him. But I love I love Mac. I, yeah, I will say that. Like I love Mac. Yeah, Mac is dope. So, George, you're going to be uh, the head of Honcho. Honcho Jack today. Wait, Honcho J. So uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into kind of our, our more so bigger topic we're going to speak on. Yeah, no, for sure. Um yeah, I mean, so like when it comes kind of down to it, there I think there's a couple of things that you know we can all kind of talk about, and I think we're all different. We're all we are all designed differently, but we all experience kind of like the same emotions. Um, so I think like one of the things that like I've just kind of like thought about, and I think what has been like a really big thing personally for me over like the last three years or so is um, how to be able to like confront conflict, how to con- how to maneuver it. Um, I personally believe people are way too sensitive nowadays. Um, I lived so. on, uh, well, I lived on the West Coast um, for about three years. I lived in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I, I noticed out there people were a lot different than what it is like living on the East. Like everyone thinks East Coast and it's kind of like the Northern. We are on the East Coast and kind of like up North, it's a little different where, you know, people who like if you run to somebody in New York, you'd be like, oh, wow, they're rude. But in reality, that's just a culture that they live in. Like, or if you meet someone from Massachusetts, like their approach could be a little rude, but that's how they are naturally programmed. Yeah. I'm here the same way. So like when I lived in Oregon, I told someone, hey, I got to talk to you about something. Um, They'd automatically think that something was wrong. And I'm like, no, like that's not the case. Like I just have to like let you know something that I saw or something I want to work on or whatever. Um, Or hey, if there's actual like an actual problem that we have. Um, people would try to avoid it and try to like avoid it to the point where like the, the problem never happened and act like everything's good. Um, and so it, it's always hard to kind of maneuver conversations with people who are very, very sensitive and very, very soft. Um, I'm a kind of guy that loves confrontation. What, why do you love conf- confrontation, George? Because it, it, well, when it comes to confrontation, man, it tackles the situation head on. Like okay. I, I, I like when it comes down to it, I want to like if I did something to offend you, Kyle, or said something to offend you or said something to offend your wife or something. And I'm not made aware that I actually offended you by whatever I did, because I'm in me in my head. I'm just like, well, I'm just being myself. I would personally want you to come tell me as a man, like, hey, can we talk about something? And you just tell me, like, hey, man, you offended me or you offended my wife um, in this manner. And I'd, I'd be like, wow, I would sincerely apologize. I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to work on this. So that way it doesn't happen again. Um, I'd rather take that because one, you're my homie. And two, because I'm being made aware of something that I, like I was, I did that. I didn't, you know, necessarily think it was offensive to me, but it was offensive to whoever. So I like, I like confrontation because it tackles the situation head on. Like I hate having passive aggressiveness. I hate having a tension or a feeling that's not okay. Like I don't do well with, and I don't do well. I don't do well with people who are passive aggressive where it's like, okay, like I'm, there's something that you did to me, but I'm not going to address it. And if it is, I'm just like, Hey man, are you good? Like, like, and I could be, I can like, I, it's not that I'm being rude, but I'm yeah. like, Hey, is there a problem? And if there is, tell me. And it's not me, me being rude, but like I notice you being off. And if there's something that's happening, you need to address and be Yeah, okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate in this situation. Do you think being confrontational should be used with everybody? Or, or Honestly, yes. Really? Honestly, Why? yes. 
Why? In, in your opinion, and this is Georgia. Yeah, this is this, Georgia opinion, by the way. Opinion. Let's get this out of the way. Well, man, like I think it should be used on everybody because everyone is soft. Like that's that's just the honest honest thing. Like, if why do I have to apologize or change my approach because you're a person that is too soft? Okay. Like that's what I, that's because like everyone is quick to text a, a problem. They, but like, that's when it a comes, fact. like everyone's quick to get behind something to defend themselves mm-hmm. because then they have the option whether to respond or like whether to respond or to deal with it. Like if you and I had a problem and you texted me what was wrong and I saw it and I was like, screw it. Like I don't want to deal with this right now. I could just ignore it. I could do so instantly. Yeah. Well, as a man, like if I if I get you face to face and I'm like, hey, man, we need to talk about this or can we address this? And you're like, hey, man, like right now it wouldn't be a good time to have to do something. But hey, like we we can definitely talk about it at this place or time, whatever. Then I'm okay with it because it's still confrontation. But deal with it head on, face to face, like man to man, like or woman to woman, whatever the case may be. But it should be confrontational. It's like, hey, this is the problem. This is what happened. And here's our resolution. 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 This is how we're going to move forward. So some people can take it and be like, well, you offended me by being confrontational. I'm like, well, no, you're just soft. Soft. (laughs) Like you are too sensitive. Yeah. Now, what about you, though? For me, it's. I don't want to think people are blowing smoke. I think I'm a very confrontational person, but I I wear my heart in my sleeve. Like I I genuinely sometimes care for people with them knowing that if I do come across confrontational, it there could be offense. And offense offense is a whole other ball game that we'll get into later. Yeah. But 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 the answer the answer your uh, your question, I would say I'm fifty fifty. Like in situations where I know if I don't tackle the situation or this conflict or this um, issue, and I know it could just and we've been and we've all been in situations where you know if you don't tackle it at that day at at that moment uh, when that person like literally you could see someone in the corner knowing that you have beef with them and then you know in your head okay kind of like calculate it okay if I don't talk to them right now in this situation at this moment. It's just going to blow by and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And moments like that where I know it can jeopardize a friendship, it can jeopardize um, a relationship, it can jeopardize just networking with this person. I will I will tackle it. And most you might figure that's fake, but I know like if there's individuals, I know how petty a situation is. In that moment, I'm not going to low key. This is just me. I'm not going to go to that person because I'm just like, is it really worth it? Like why? Yeah. Why? Why go over this person and be like, hey you ate a bag of chips I wanted to eat, you know, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, obviously these are just really dumb scenarios. And I'm sure we've all been in situations where the scenarios have been enhanced just a little bit, but that's your question. I'm 50, 50. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's where I kind of wrestle with where I'm like 50, 50 with it. I mean, I would pick and choose my battles, of course, like with the people that I would have like like confrontation with or would want to wrestle with about something like if it was like, I'll give you like a quick example. Like I think it was the night of um, one of, I think it was like one of our friends. I think it was Jane's birthday dinner at cheesecake factory. Okay. I was drinking like before I got to like the restaurant. So I was having a good time, but I remember, I don't remember. Like I remember we went mini golfing, we had fun or whatever. Um, But I think I slipped up and said something offensive to like, to, to Kaylin Noah's wife. Yeah. I don't, re- I don't, recall we love this. you by the way. Yeah, we love I love, you, Kay, I love them both dearly. Like I have a lot of love for them. Um, but I don't remember like recalling saying something, but I had offended like, you know, 
you know, Caleb. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about it till like that Sunday I got to church and Noah's like, Hey man, can I talk to you about something? I was like, yeah, sure. And he kind of told me what happened and I felt so bad. Like I felt like complete trash and I was like, dude, I am so sorry. Like I like, you know, it was like, no, I figured like you told like, I knew you were drinking beforehand. Like it's good. I was like, I just figured I'd just let you know. Cause like, it, like, I would, like, I, I've been mad at you. And that's my wife. And I, Yeah, and that's my wife. And I was like, no, rightfully so, yeah. Like, you have every right to be mad at me. Like, I would like I would never willingly say what I said or mean to intentionally disrespect you or your wife. But I respected that so much, and it meant more to me because it was like, I like I didn't realize how much I cared about them mm-hmm. until, like, he had to confront me about my mistake. Yeah. So out of that situation, like, of course, I apologized to Noah. I apologized to Kayla. And they were like, no, you're fine. You're good. It's It's behind us now. But if it wasn't because he had confronted me, he had said something. Fam, that's I, a like I took I took yeah. action with it. Then it wouldn't have like it, it made us closer. It made us better. It made me better. It hasn't happened since then, and I've made sure that it hasn't like happened. Since but I think then. most importantly, this is a word that we all need to improve on with what that's a relationship you're you're in or friendship closure. Like if if, if there is an issue, and let's just say you bring me aside about that, like about the issue, and we talk about it. Like when we both walk away or when we both dap up or hug, whatever, how you feel comfortable with that person, that there's closure. Like, yeah. like when we walk away, there's no more speaking about it with a friend. There's no more like, hey, I'm still mad at you. It should be more like in that moment before the closure happens. But yeah, closure. Like if you're out there and you're in a situation like that and you are pulling someone aside that pissed you off or whatever, like make sure like yeah, both sides are mutual about what closure means. But most importantly, like, the mutual, the mutual closure is, is, uh, is known just because yeah. I've been in situations where I've been confrontational and I've gone up to somebody, but like the other person's body language, is still bingo. not bingo normal. There you go. Yeah. So like, they're, like, even with that, like my body language was still off because I felt like this kind of like shame and I knew it was okay. Like I, in my head, I knew no was no longer mad at me. I knew his wife wasn't like bothered with me or mad at me. Um, but there, my heart still like hurt because I had offended someone I had mm-hmm. cared about. And so I, like I texted, I would text Noah a couple times throughout the week and it'd be like, dude, I just want you to know, like, I know your passes, but I am so sorry. Like, because I cared, man. Like I, like, yeah. I, like for me, it's like a friendship that I care. So I like, it was like, it was like, I was trying to overcompensate for something that he hard, he in the back of their head was like, no, it's fine. If it's good, whatever. Um, but I, I need like personally as a man, I, I will willingly confront somebody, um, but I also will willingly take confrontation if something is wrong. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's all in the matter of the approach. No, and and, and if that's, I don't trust you, don't come talk to me. No, no, and that's fair. Like that's super fair because I know there's, and, and I think that's that's one thing I'm just put way more emphasis. Like George is a very comfort, confrontational person, but more so he's very confrontational when it's back to him. Because it, yeah. it, it can get a little sketchy for me in my eyes when I see yeah. someone who's confrontational, but then when you go to, but when it's reversed and you go to that person who is confrontational towards you, and when you are confrontational back and you reciprocate that yeah. to them, they get they're just like, Whoa, like, what do you mean? But I think I think it's really cool how it's it's both ways. It's just not like he can do it and he can't receive it, but he can do it and he can receive it as well. Now, George, yeah. let me let me ask you this. What if you're a bystander and something goes down and Let's just say Jerry uh, upset Jerry upset Tom, and you're a bystander. And Tom is the one who is upset, and you're with Jerry. 
do you kind of nudge Jerry to be confrontational when you know there's an elephant in the room or in this instant, how's your approach as a bystander? Cause we've all been in situation and maybe you're listening and you're like, I've never been in a situation like that, but I can guarantee you, you've been in a situation where you're a bystander, where you and a few friends are having a good time. One friend pisses off another party and you know, there's a fat elephant in the room. And as a bystander, this is one thing I've picked up on. Normally, like I'm one of those people sometimes when I feel or know something's awkward, I'm just like, Oh, that's your issue. But there are some times where yeah. if you really care about those individuals, you need to be like, yo, bro, you definitely need to go over there and talk to them in this moment. So yeah. more of the story, George, like as a bystander, how do you approach uh, being upfront with somebody or confrontational yeah. or do you just let it ride? Oh, man. Because that's so, tough. So so if this homeboy, Tom, pissed off this other dude named Jerry yeah, and I'm cool with Jerry and he's kind of pissed off and he doesn't say anything back. Mm-hmm. Man, honestly, as a man, like, I'd be like, hey, bro, like, before you take this to anybody else that's not part of this, you need to take it to the person directly. That's facts. Because what start, what happens is, like, if, if let's say, for an example, you confront me, I get mad, but I don't say anything, and I go tell one of our friends in the group, and I'm like, yo, son, like, this is what Kyle said, da-da-da-da-da. What I'm saying, I'm saying what I interpreted. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm saying what I felt, not exactly what your words were. So what happens now? Now there's a loophole of communication <laughs> that is going to go to a third party where they're going to understand half of the side of the story. And then one of those loopholes is somehow going to get back to you. Get, get back to like the person that I'm mad at, yeah. which then at that point, if I'm the person that offended somebody, in this case, would it would have been you because you offended me. Yeah. I'm going to be like, yo, I thought like I'm going to be like, what happened here? So if if I see somebody, I'm like, yo, you need to go back to them. You need to go talk with them, fix this before you take this somewhere else. Because what's going to happen is like something that could have been easily resolved directly with another person is now made bigger because the person didn't want to be man enough about it to deal with it. Yeah. So like whatever you don't deal with, start stirring, starts like becoming something else. Next thing you know, it's like you're easily irritated with the other individual. It's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, all right, like you either nip this in the butt now or, or you, you make a bigger deal of it. And you deal with the consequences. And you deal of, with the consequences. Because yeah. no one, like, if there's anything that you can do is control what, like, you know, you could try to get your feelings and emotions in, in line mm-hmm. um, and deal with it head on with the other person. Like, yeah. that's that's one thing that I'm like, all right, like, I can control. I Like, I may not control how the conversation may go, but I can try to at least have a decent conversation with whatever it is that I'm dealing with. Or if I didn't like something, like, I mean, like there was like a recent situation where like some dude tried coming out one of our friends, like some kid tried coming out one of our friends, like he's big and bad. And I kind of like called him out. I was like, why are you saying this? Like, why are you talking shit? Hence, hence he was being confrontational. That yeah. And like he was being confrontational towards and I'm like, you're not just about to come out my homie because you think you're like hot shit. Yeah. And he kind of shut down. And, like, I didn't mean to offend him. But if he's offended, like, I mean, that's his problem. Because like, I'm not aware that he's offended. But if he's offended... He knows exactly where I'm at because we go to church on Sundays anyway. So if he's if he's like offended, I'm not going to apologize for something I said. Like you should just have never come at the person the way you did because you don't understand exactly where that person's at. Yeah. So and nor does he have to respond to you with where he's at. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like if you're offended, you know, be less offended. Like try to be less offended because we live in a very sensitive world. But if you like have if you feel some type of way, go directly to the person. Be a man about it. Like I think that's those. I think that's a character trait 
that we're going to need because like, you're not going to go to bed mad at your wife. No, that's, that's literally a marriage sin. Yeah. Like, like, but at the same time, like take that same principle that we like, you know, if you're applying and it, it's like yeah. apply it to your homies, apply it to the people you're going to do life with. Because I mean, I'm, I'm thinking 10 years down the road, like, you know, just cause you argue with your siblings doesn't make them less of your siblings. Yeah. Just cause you have an indifference with a homie or a friend doesn't make them less of your friend. You just had an indifference. And if you're offended, talk about it. Yeah, I would hope sure. that we have enough trust and enough maturity in our relationship for us to have some form of confrontational talk where we can at least try to get back past the situation and come to a mutual agreement. So that way it doesn't happen again. And you said a very essential word that um, I think if you look at conf- like being confrontational in a negative way, confrontational situations or scenarios, it builds trust mm-hmm. just because like, if you're confrontational about it and you go to uh, that party that you had an issue with, in my eyes, if, if you can be a man about it or in a, if there's females out there listening, if you can be a woman about it and go face to face in a secluded area and be vulnerable. Uh, and we talked about vulnerability in our last podcast. Dude, like that goes that goes that goes miles yeah. compared to um, if you're in a situation and you choose to maybe not deal with it in that moment. And over time, like we said, you're going to feel the consequences. And maybe that trust you had with that person is damaged, et cetera, because it gets out. Yeah. But yeah, like more of the story what we're kind of talking about is um, if you're in a situation, don't look at comp- being confrontational in a negative view. Yeah. Obviously, I think you should assess like what's happening. Yeah. Um, but George is, has a very strong personality. And I think it's super, super cool to hear um, a perspective about that compared to me where I'm kind of like, all right, like, is it worth it? Is it not, et cetera? And if you're a bystander and you truly care about the two other parties involved, but most importantly, if you care about your friendship with those two people, you should definitely, I'll say, I think you should definitely be confrontational with the person who offended that other person. And if like, and for me, man, like I've been confronted by things by other great leaders that I owe a lot to today. And that's what, Um, that's what makes good leaders, by the way. Yeah. No, I've I've had to be confronted about hard conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I got confronted one time on a FaceTime about some, like, me trying to, like, get with a girl and everyone laughed in FaceTime. And I yeah. was like, and I owned up to it. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, the hell? Like, of course I'm going to own up to this. Yeah. Because what does that do? It's like, oh, he's not hiding it. Like, like you're owning up to it. Like, and I remember that moment because I was like, that, that was part of, like, a moment for me where I was like, it's if I say no, it's going to be like, stop tapping. Yeah. And if it's like, yes, it's like, Oh, well, he's, he's own up, owning up to it. Like it Respect, was just trust. I'm like, yeah, wow. Like, like he can, like I can own up to yeah. it and I'm not afraid to own up to it. Like if, if I messed up, if I made a, if I made an error or I slipped up or whatever and you confront me about it, I'm going to eat it. Like I may not like it, but I'm going to be like, damn, like, yeah, I have nothing to say because it's true. Now, if you're going to confront me just to bust my balls about it or just to give me a hard time and just be like, if you don't tell me, like, hey, man, like, you know, I've, I've noticed this or you said this, I've, you know, I've noticed that, whatever. Listen, man, as long as you're confronting me for my best interest and you think like, hey, man, like, let me keep you accountable for something here or there or whatever. If it's like an ongoing thing, cool. Like, I trust you. I appreciate it. I'm definitely going to work on it um, because it's, it makes me better. Yeah, now, that's good. I'm going to do I'm going to do vice versa because. Listen, like I, I'm going to be slow to be offended. Um, I'm going to be quick to listen um, because I just want to be a better man. Like I, do, I don't see my actions. Like I know what I'm doing. I know what where I'm trying to go. But I also have friends that have other eyes that can see things from another perspective. Yeah, another lens. I see. Like I have blind sides. 
as like any other human being does. But trust is a big factor in confrontation. Trust. Yes. But as well, if like you have, if you really want to be like disciplined or if you want to have like a mentor, you want really good voices in your ear, you have to be, you have to listen from other great people. You have to allow yourself to be confrontational because no one that is great is ever passive. Yeah. At all. Like if there is a dumb mistake that you made, you're going to hear about it from somebody, not in a rude way, but like you messed up, man. And we need to help you. Yeah. And a, and a great quote that one of my um, very dear mentors always has shared to me. I'm sure it's been passed on to you is learn to respond in situations and not, not react. And that's, Facts. that's something that Facts. when you, when you first hear it, you're like, bro, is that a tongue twister? But the more you dissect and one thing I would advise you guys to do, like I'll say it again, learn to respond and not react. Literally Google definition of what those two terms are. And that's all I'm going to say. Like, yeah. like in situations or scenarios. And even if you're the, even if you're the bystander, when you see something going down and we live in a clout world, we live in a, I'm going to blow smoke in your face world where we like to hype things up and put it on social media and whatever, bro. Like when you learn how to do that, you can uh, kind of in hiding in that moment or that scenario, or if you two, or if you see two hotheads, like be that person to kind of um, grab, grab a, a hold of that situation. Yeah. And that's, that's something like I, I think as humans, we're all going to still be super imperfect on just because we live in a generation where we like to react off of our emotions yeah. and not kind of off of like what is logical. Logic. Yeah. There Logic, you go. Like, yeah. Common sense. So yeah. Uh, if you're out there listening, learn to respond and not to react. And I said a word, uh, generation, what is your take or view on our generation today? In the sense of like the context of, in the sense of the context of, um, I don't know. You, well, I mean, if we're talking about like confrontation or anything like that, I think everyone is in love with the verbal idea of growth. Mm -hmm. But not the action. Not the action Bingo. of the growth. Because action would be you telling, like for an example, and this is not happening at all, but if you were like, hey, bro, like I'm struggling here as a man in my marriage. What is it? You're telling me this, right? So yeah. what is it my my responsibility and obligation as a good friend to you to go ahead and do? Start digging shit out of you. Yeah. And start being like, hey, man, and so what areas are you struggling in? Dig, digging things out, but digging, but kind of nudging me to, to take an action to exactly. make it better. Because if if we don't start pinpointing and naming things, there's no way that I can keep you accountable for certain things. Mm, that's so. Good. So – I think we're because what's that what's that going to do? That's going to put you in an uncomfortable position for you to grow and for you to keep accountable for yeah. certain things. Now, it's my job to keep you accountable for certain things, but now it will be your job to be responsible to take care of those things. Thanks. So if like I said, like that's a very uncomfortable position, but it's going to call it's going to force you to grow. Now, I think everyone loves the idea of like, oh, wow, that sounds really dope. That sounds really great. But until you're in that position, you're going to hate it. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're going to hate it. God forbid that never happens. That that's never the case. Cause I think we, we, you know, we're close enough for us to have these conversations. Yeah. But, um, I think when it comes to our generation of people, I think we don't like, we have a lot of clout friendships, like for the great, yeah, we, we for, talk for, about that all the yeah, time. Like we talk and you know, we talk about this all like on a daily basis. Like we talk about like, Oh, getting like doing a trip getaway or doing this, doing that, or, 
you know, I think I think very few people have actually discovered the unique and beauty of actual friendships of like yeah. depth relationships where we can laugh our asses off in one setting, but then we can have in-depth conversations in another. And in the next setting, we can just be like, bro, like these are good times, but take an insight of what's actually happening in my life. Yeah. Like, like, Hey, don't just celebrate my highs with me, but also like stand in my struggles. Yeah. Like, like don't just be there for the celebrations and for the dope pictures, be there in like, you know, the transition of those things. And Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to be part of like certain people's journeys of like their transitions, yours, Derek's like, um, you know, other friends of mine's in Oregon that are yeah. great. Um, it's, it's been dope, but at the same and, time, and I've been, and I've been a part of your continuous transition. Oh yeah. Dog. Like it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's a journey. That's a brick and a half there Bricks. to talk about. Um, but it, it's just those kind of things, man. Like I, but I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have people in my life that are a generation ahead of me that because of their disciplines and their generation, it's, forced me to put like put me in check in mind yeah and cause me to be hungry and before you go go on if if you're out there listening and you have grandmas grandpas uncles aunts and i know i've been in situations where at family settings i'm like i just want to hang out with my cousins i i want nothing to do with them now like sit at their table listen to their anecdotes of what happened that or what's going on in their life or what happened in their life and literally like hone in on that information because that's, that's something I didn't like, I'm, I'm 22 now. I didn't get that until I was like 18 where I was graduating high school and I was sitting with my uh, uncle who is a retired police officer serving the military. Thank you for everyone who's serving out there. But he, he gave me some key advice that I use to this day. Yeah. And, th- and that's, that, that's, that's a life hack. Like yeah. a lot of us, even me, maybe even George, we resort to, our phones, computers. Hey, how do I how do I become successful? How do be how do I become this? How do I become that? But bro, go to your aunts, uncles, people above you. Go to your your local pastors, your youth pastors. Go to people that you want to be in their position one day, and that just saves you so much money. That saves you so much subscriptions, and that honestly just saves you so much time of you potentially looking at a screen when you could literally hear it but most important like you can live it with that person yeah yeah dude and and another thing is is like don't get mad when people don't tell you what you want to hear yeah like like and we're young man there's a lot of life lessons that we have learned so much like these are just nuggets of wisdom that we have picked up there i mean i've suffered and lived through some things but a lot of suffered and lived through things yeah like there's there's just things that when it comes to some free wisdom because someone has already dealt with certain things i'm just taking that wisdom naturally because i'm like all right like i don't and it's and it's second nature. It's second nature because I remember the yeah. first time like I I got wisdom from someone older than me, and we've all been there where they're older and you kind of hone in on some things, but you hone out. But yeah. now, like it's so essential for me to pick up every single piece, whether that's them um, graduating with uh, four point something, or whether that's them talking about, hey, like I cheated and I lived through this, but with me struggling, it got me to this point. Yeah. So, dude, like hone in on every part of success like George said it but honing on all their failures yeah no yeah you have to and like I I remember there was a tough pill that I had to swallow where I was hoping to hear from a guy that I really like look up to and I love to this day gave me has given me some of the best advice um there were two moments that for me like were life-changing yeah with with him um his name's Jeremy Qualls lives in uh Vancouver Washington shout out to Jeremy yeah just just, uh, just outside of Portland um Phenomenal dude. I owe a lot. I owe a lot. I owe a lot to this man. These two conversations, but 
I remember us, um, I was, we did connect groups at our church at, you know, at our church mm-hmm. called Rose. Um, and I was like, and every kind of connect group leader had a co-leader. Yeah. Um, and I was, he chose me to be his co-leader and, um, he had like a sit down in depth, like confrontational conversation with me kind of like, Hey man, so, um, what's going on with X, Y, and Z. Um, and I had to be very honest with him. I didn't want to be, but he, gave me like tasks, like responsibilities of what he was like, Hey man, um, I think you're a great man, but he also kind of told me very hard, like very good things in a very passionate way. Yeah. It wasn't harsh. People would think it'd be harsh, but he was like, one, you got to stop caring what people think about you. You are too worried about what people think and see of you as, and you're a fucking good man. Like literally those were his words verbatim as a man. Like this, these were his, like literally his, him being passionate of like, there's a lot of potential in you. But you have to put the, certain things in check and do the dang thing and do the damn thing, like and get into it. Yeah. Um, and it didn't click to me. Like for me, like I felt was like he's saying this for my in my head. I'm going. He's saying this for my well being. But deep down, like I'm like oh, that hurts. Thought, yeah, <laughs> I cut, thought we were boys. <laughs> yeah, bro, it cut down deep. But I was like, if I'm going to allow this man to speak to my life in a good way, I have to allow him to speak to me in this form of way. Like in, in this kind of way where it's like, um, like in a very comfort, like if I'm going to allow him to speak good things and whatever, I have to take this as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Although it may not be what I want to hear, it made me a better man. And a lot of those words kind of clicked in when I moved back. Um, but this was a, this was one of those conversations and he kind of started, like I took what he said and I started slowly applying it, started trying to figure out exactly yeah. kind of my lane, like where I, I tried to stop. I tried to stop really fit into certain areas. Mm-hmm. Try to stop trying to change my personality for certain people. Like you can kind of tell when someone's trying hard to be accepted. Hundred percent. And he started kind of noticing these things where I just kind of stopped doing certain things, and then I kind of, you know, I started taking his advice. And I, I remember I had got a call from one of my buddies telling me about a youth pastor position in Kent, Washington, just like forty minutes outside of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and he kind of was like, "Hey, man, like you know." I interviewed for this position, but I turned it down because I'm going here. I thought of you. I think this would be a great culture, sh- like culture fit for you. I know you're currently working at a bank, um, but if you want, I could definitely give the the campus pastor's number, and you guys can just talk. And I was like, "Yeah, do for- go for it, man! Like it'd be great." Um, I do. I like the campus pastor gives me a call. We have like a good FaceTime for about like an hour and a half, just interviewing back and forth. I had questions for him. He had questions for me. Everything seemed to be seemed to be good. So I take the same exact moment and I take it back to him. I go, hey Jeremy, and at the time as well, um, you know, we had played some volleyball. Our, you know, our our pastor was there, Andrew. Dope. And I had this conversation with him. I'm nervous as hell because I'm like, kind of like, damn, like <laughs> here we go again. Um, he's, and he's and, gonna he's gonna hurt my pride and ego. Yeah, man. <laughs> and they're like, bro, you have to be nervous. I'm like, I'm not nervous. They're like, no, you're very nervous. <laughs> and and I was like, hey man, so this kind of came up. This is probably about like three months or so after. Uh, it was kind of like in the summer, like August ish where it's still kind of hot, but we're still trying to transition into the mm-hmm. fall. Um, we were grabbing a couple of beers and drinks and food or whatever. And I kind of bring it up and I'm like, Hey man, so um, this pastor out in Kent, Washington gave me a phone call about a uh, youth pastor position for their campus. Yeah. It's like multi-site church. Um, you know, I'm very interested in the position. Um, but you know, I just kind of want to be prepared for like, if they offer it to me, like, what do I do here? What do you guys think is best for me? 
Now, my mistake was like asking him what you guys think is best. For <laughs> and me. he gave it to you. <laughs> but as well as probably the best decision, I could yes. have, like best question I could have asked. Um, and they were like, we don't think you're ready. Dope. Um, they were like, you know, he was like, there will be many, many, many more opportunities. This is, a, this is a, the last one. But I was like, it's an ideal opportunity. Like I get a budget, like I get a team, like I get a whole campus, like a, I can do whatever I want with it. And they were like, no. You're not ready. You're, you're not ready. Like there will be other opportunities. It's okay. Like this, this isn't it. Um, like I was like, they were like, yeah, you can do ministry, but what good is it if it, if what just happened to you can happen again? Like, yep. Um, not in the sense of like that being a bad thing, but like they were more thinking about like my future than, than in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I was still kind of caught up in like, Oh, but it's like, I get to do what I want. But at the same time, I was like, campus pastor called back, tried off. And I was like, nah, man, I, I have to turn I'm this good. down. Best decision I could have done. And that kind of, that kind of freed me because although it's something I love doing and it's something I'm passionate about for doing, because someone has chosen to be that honest and that very open with me and that open to, to confrontation because of my decisions to those two things, like, you know, my decisions and my actions to respond to those two things has worked out for the better. I'm a better man because of it. And so that's why I say like confrontation is so important for our generation is because it's going to either help us to get too closer to our purpose and to the things that we want to fulfill in life, or it could just keep us like insecure about things that yeah. we're never going to do. Yeah. It's so real. That's so real. So yeah, we, we, we all need those confrontational friends in, in your friend group, but most importantly, I think we need, um, instead of having, instead of feeling way more comfortable and secure about ourselves with always hearing, yes, yes, yes. No, you need some people that are going to pull you aside and be like, bro, you're acting so stupid. Like you're acting dumb or, and, or I could come in the door to be like, Hey, I'm, I, I, I got this position I've always wanted. I'm going to make X amount of X amount of dollars and I'm going to be out of town every single day. I think normally I think anyone's reaction would be like, bro, like if that's your dream job, go. But I think people who actually care about it is like, bro. Like, don't you have kids? Don't you have a wife? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what's, what's more important to you in this moment? And, exactly. and, and listen, you don't have to necessarily, it's always going to be your choice. And that's, that's the thing my dad always says. Cause I, I normally go to my dad for advice. And the greatest thing he's always told me is like, listen, like the great thing about life is you can have people walk through it. Uh, you can have people gas you up. You can have people uplift you. But at the end of the day, whatever decision you have, it's your choice. Facts. So, and you have to live with the consequences Correct. of those decisions. Correct. Too. So what I'm trying to say, like have, don't surround yourself by clout friends. Don't surround yourself by friends who are, who, who just want that selfie, who want that angle on Instagram, who, who want to see you do some crazy things. Nothing wrong with having some good friends, but make sure you're like, you have a mix up of a friend group who are a going to keep you accountable to who are, who are able to be confrontational with you, whether yeah. that's based on your decisions, but that's just based on what you're thinking or basically like how you, how you move in your life and stuff like that, but also have friends who um, most importantly are going to accept you for who you are. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a great antidote because I mean, George obviously had trust for this person. George had um, a lot of love for this person, but most importantly, like when, when you went in, you, when you went into the situation and you came out of it, you could have easily been like, bro, my feelings are hurt. Like, yeah. like, like I, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but you went out of it. Like, wow. Like that, that hurt my ego, that hurt my pride. But maybe this person's perspective, their lens on my life is, is a little different. Yeah. You can't, you can't live life alone. And I remember like as a kid, 
like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm on one. I'm going to do this, this. Dude, <laughs> that is so fake. And don't get me wrong. There are people still currently doing that, making six figures, driving the best car. You'll end up like Antonio Brown. Correct. You're going to end up lonely, <laughs> but you're going to end up with literally just humility because you're keeping all that stuff in. Your your ego is, is literally taking over you know, your, your mindset. It's literally taking over the, the, the way – a logical person would make a decision. Your ego's gonna be like, "Nah, screw logic. Let's 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 do something reckless, etc." And and out of those conversations, man, it's like how I ended up coming back home mm-hmm. because it was like, if I have to stop worrying about what other people, I should have to, I should focus on what's in my best interest. Yeah. And because of those kind of two conversations, and I've kind of let him know as well, like I'm out of those conversations, out of those moments, is where I was like. All right. This out, out of those moments, man, is literally because of the, I am the man that I am today. That's so good. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for those moments because I had to wrestle with the words that were spoken to mm-hmm. me, but I had to understand where those words were coming from. Yeah. And you and like people, that's what people have to hear is like, it's not just what I'm saying. You have to also understand where I'm coming from when it comes about it, like when it comes down to it. It's for the betterment of you. It's and because I see more in you than you see in yourself. It's because I see more about you in the future than right now. Like those are – that's why confrontation is great. That's why like I, I embrace it. It just, it just goes back. You can't say we're better together and then get mad when I tell you the truth. Learn how to respond rather than reacting. Facts. But yeah, I mean – yeah, that's, <laughs> that's dope. I mean George, Hancho, Hancho J took it home. We got the dub. I threw him in the alley. He dunked it. <laughs> but yeah, once again, I just want to stress this enough. If you're listening, this is this is the type of content we want to give you guys. Like, I know I'm reiterating it, but I don't want to sugarcoat it to you guys. Like, this is real conversation, uh, I think. But most importantly, like, these are some things or maybe instances, or maybe you're just in a situation where you're currently in where I hope what Georgia or I are saying or whoever's mediating the conversation can give you another lens and perspective on how to deal with it just because we're all human and as humans, we are selfish. We, we, yeah. we, we like thinking we know this. Uh, I don't need help. I don't need that. But man, like this is, this is just dope just because I, I listen to uh, podcasters that I look up to. And when I hear them be vulnerable in a state of like this state of like this, or if I hear them say, you know what? I needed someone to slap me across the face and say, you can do better. Like, yeah. I think it's dope. So, yeah, this is the content we want to keep bringing to you guys. Um, that Once again, I think George knocked it out, knocked it out of the park. That, that's great. I have, I have nothing to say. Is there anything else you want to say before we close out? No. Nah, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Hot takes, hot takes. Yeah, give, me, like, give, me, give me a font. If, if you skip through everything we said, George is going to give you a 60-second hot take of what you can take away with this. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, like, what you can take away with it is, like, hey, I think things to ask yourself is, like, am I easily offended? Am I not quick to listen? Um, you know, how do I, like, reflect on how you deal with, con- uh, with like, you know, confrontation or your person that embraces it or rejects it. See why you don't like it or why you do like it. Straight up. Um, because you have to be honest with yourself. If you want to get to the next step in life, you have to be honest with, it, with where you're at. Um, so that way you can definitely try to figure out how to get to your next step. Um, and I think confrontation is, is going to be massive and crucial in how you deal with conflicts, because if you don't deal with it, you could get more conflicts in the future rather than resolutions. So 
I mean, just take a, you know, I mean, my, my biggest like takeaway and my biggest kind of challenge here was to at least get people, like at least, you know, you know you, for you to personally think about how you can betterment yourself because of confrontation, whether it be with you, your friends, your family, your spouse, your children, whatever the case may be. It's if, if you don't deal with it now and you're not going to be exposed, but you're not going to get your feet wet in this. And I know I said this, but this is so true. How are you going to deal with it when you're with your spouse? How are you going to deal with it with your potential kid? Yeah. How is your kid going to deal with it with his potential friend? Bro, right. it's literally it's, – It's a it's lineage. Like, yes, like, like correct. What you don't deal with now just get in, gets enhanced further and further. Like, yes. It's just going to get – so, I mean, it's not just like about you. It's about everyone else around you in yes, your sir. environment. Like are you going to be someone that everyone wants to be around? Or are you going to be like what you don't – like what doesn't – get fixed like we'll end up damaging further on like you just resolve the problem i mean if you can resolve the problem i mean go about it and you're good i mean there's different approaches but i mean just don't be a douchebag in your approach yeah course. um you know try to be loving but don't great sandwich that sucker don't be like hey like you know i love you and okay you know about this like no like <laughs> hey hey man listen you did something wrong or hey girl like i didn't like this like can we talk about it cool whatever hash it out move forward and you're good like i mean on gang so yeah I that's think it's something a lot more crucial. So dope. Hopefully, hopefully this was useful, man. Hopefully this is, uh, yes, sir. This was good. And give us some feedback. Uh, like this, like rate, rate, rate our podcast. It leaves a comment. Um, next us on Instagram. Speaking of that, our next pod, we are going to post, um, uh, what do you call it? You called, uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about rest in the next pod. We're going to talk about rest, but yeah, we're going to put a poll like, or questions like ask, Give us give us some questions about how how you deal with rest because I think rest is super essential. But I don't want to get too deep in that yeah. before we continue. But yeah, like George said, follow our social medias on Instagram, the Kylo Evers Pod. You will see our main Insta accounts linked to that. Twitter as well, the Kyle Evers Pod. That was George. I'm Kyle. Thanks for listening. Um, we're praying for you if you're in a situation, but most importantly, uh, keep on growing, keep on learning. Keep on striving to do better. We'll, we will tune into you next time, guys. Thank you.